Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. I'm John. Hey, John. Welcome how- back, Zach. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. Hey, give me just a second. Um, Do you mind if I put on a record? Absolutely. You can put on a record. Okay. Well, be- before let we got ju- started, let me just hit play real quick. On <clears throat> yep. Before we got started, Zach said he had something teed up. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that means that Zach has watched some Black Mirror episodes. I just needed you to know that I know who the Smiths are. <laughs> I know it sure seemed like I didn't, and that deleted text was suspicious, but <laughs> it's because I caught my own mistake because I'm such a big Smiths fan. I told Zach to watch some Black Mirror episodes, and one of them was called Hang the DJ, and he thought that was by, like, Green Day or something. <laughs> okay, here's – listen – Here's what happened. Green Day has a song called Kill the DJ, and it sucks. And, of course, the Smiths have a song called Panic, which in the chorus says Hang the DJ. I was just scrolling through the episodes, and I don't know why, but I thought it was called Kill the DJ. Uh. I didn't remember that it was called Hang the DJ. I would have known what that was, but I just... My brain didn't order it right. Zach sent me the text, and then uh, as I was responding to it, he deleted the message, which I didn't even know was something you could do. <laughs> I moved time and space, and I changed Apple iOS to make sure that you didn't think I I don't know who the Smiths are. <laughs> and it didn't work, so I just had to let you know right then. Ooh, so what did you think of the Black Mirror episodes? Because um, I didn't even ask how you liked 15 million merits when you told me you watched it the other day. Dude, that this... had Hobie Brown himself in it. Oh, it did. Yeah, didn't it? Forgot about that. Um, Yeah, I so I watched that one. I watched the other one. I'm halfway through San Junipero. Oh, yeah. However San, you say that. San Junipero. Yeah, I'm halfway through it. I had to stop midway and then... um. Dude, I, I I like this show. I kind of always knew that I would, like for years, the way people talked about it. But thank you for specifically being the person to like push me over the edge to actually try it. Of course. Dude, of I course. I am not a crier. Like you're a crier. <laughs> and by the end of Hang the DJ, I was like crying because Oh my gosh. I was so prepared for it to be like a dark psychological thriller or well, something or them most of black mirror <laughs> or them not get what they wanted but then it it just ends up being like kind of a sci-fi romance story you 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 got one of the one of the happy ending ones i would say don't get used to that feeling <laughs> fair enough i literally i wasn't even with shyla at the time and i called her and i was like honey i love you oh that is too sweet yeah um Oh, also, gosh. because yeah. I know the Smiths, I noticed they used another Smiths song in San Junipero. Did they? What is it? Girlfriend in a Coma. So someone on that's that show... Very, that's a very fitting song for that episode. Someone in that show loves oh, the Smiths. Uh, um, 
or maybe it is i don't want to no spoilers yeah because i haven't <laughs> finished it thanks yeah yeah that might be <laughs> um well okay so something kind of exciting happened in the last couple of days you know i had something teed up here yeah what do you what have you got and and it's been tough to keep it under wraps this whole time we've been talking so far okay oh boy <laughs> john is holding a brand new kitten we've never seen a very very small black kitten and it is eyeing the microphone like it wants to tear it apart it's about the size of the microphone i'd say that'd be a My little fight. fella have you yes. got a meow for us you want to meow right <laughs> into the mic okay meow what's his name oh. Are you fostering him or keeping him? No, so um so my sister was house sitting somewhere and um underneath a truck in the neighborhood she was house sitting, she was like leaving the house and underneath the truck in the driveway, she like heard that little kitten meowing and it was like under the truck in like where there would be a spare tire underneath it and like up in that area and she just happened to get it you know it was very very lucky and i had really been wanting to get a kitten um to add because i want i want a cat that cuddles with my other cats and my two cats don't do that right now so i wanted a really really young cat but i also wanted it to be one that like i found on the street exactly like that situation happened um so it, it ended up working out and uh Yep, we've had him for about two days now. Wow, that's magical. What's Lil Bro's name? Or does he not he, have one he yet? Doesn't, he doesn't have one yet. I haven't figured it out yet. Are you, like, trying to base it off of his personality once you figure that out? I'm just thinking eventually I will think of a name that sticks. But I have a couple I have a couple options, but none that I'm, like, in love with. Pat and one... Parnell. <laughs> Yeah, Venom, Eddie Brock. Um, I was maybe thinking Jack, because I think his eyes kind of look orange, so he kind of looks like a jack-o'-lantern. Okay. Um, or I was maybe thinking Midnight, because he is all black, and because that's a Taylor Swift album, and now the listeners of the pod will know that I love Taylor Swift if they didn't already. Oh, they definitely did already. Okay, okay. Yeah, you've edited all of them, so you know more what we've talked about than than I do. Um, so I don't know. I don't have a name yet. Okay. We'll, think of well listeners, comment on our Instagram yes. <laughs> what you think John should name the black kitten. Actually, yeah. If, if you guys want to comment, I would be happy to read those out on the pod and if there's any that really tickle my fancy i i would name the little kitten that i think that'd first, be a fun way to name him first comment to get a thousand hearts that he's going wow, it. wow. <laughs> yeah i'll definitely do that <laughs> so run over and comment right now if you have a good one <laughs> um well, so how's that yeah that's heartwarming. That's is that what you were kind Very of playing close to the chest? That is what I was playing close to the chest. I I wanted to be able to bring him up there on camera. Well, I'm glad it was good news. I I was starting to starting to worry. No, because I'm a worrier. <laughs> um, I, speaking of which, have you, you're a Taylor Swifty. Um, 
I saw I just saw this the other day. Have you seen the interview where someone asks her if she's a warrior? And she's like, absolutely. I worry about everything. <laughs> Do they mean warrior? Like, like go like, to war. Uh, battle? Yes. And she said warrior. That's funny. That's what I, I would know. think also. If somebody said, are you a warrior? I'd be like, yes, I worry about everything. That's a super weird question, but it was funny that yeah. she misheard it. Taylor, you know, in today's day and age, girls are just fighters. Okay, so tell me, are you a warrior? Yeah, I worry all the time about stuff. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> um, Taylor so Swift, come on our pod. Yeah. Oh my gosh, please. I'm not a fan, <laughs> but you know what? We'll have you. Yep. I'm. I'm a fan. I've been to a show. Yeah. One of us is a fan. One of us could be won over to be a fan. So just yeah. come. There you go. There you go. Um. Well, speaking of uh. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, like status icons for the country, such as Taylor Swift. Celebrities? Um, I don't know. Just things things that make the United States what it is. Okay. I'm trying to segue into, it was the 4th of July yesterday. Yeah, it was. Did, hey, did you celebrate at all? Hand check. Do, do you got all your digits still? Yes. Yes, Good. I do. <laughs> then it's a successful 4th of July. Yep. Um, I, I didn't really celebrate. What'd you do? Yeah. Um, you know, there were some there were some fireworks that went off around the house, but uh, you know, I maybe insinuated before we got started that I don't really like fireworks. I think they're so annoying. <laughs> um, so they've been going off for like the past two days, and I'm expecting more of tonight, and I'm ready for this holiday to be over. And I know most of our listeners are out of country, so they can probably appreciate this nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they've heard the internet stories about how, you know, once a year to celebrate how great our country is, we blow a piece of it off. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I actually used to love fireworks. I can remember when I was in high school, my friends and I, on more than one occasion, like went to really convoluted means to buy fireworks before we were legally old enough to. And now <laughs> I'm that old man who doesn't like fireworks you know because it keeps me awake at night or freaks my cats out yeah, or whatever that so that's why i don't that's that's really why i don't like them you know i think that they're annoying but i really don't like them because they make omaha hide under the couch and obviously dogs just like hate them so yeah when i, I was younger and dumber i <laughs> my friends and i would sometimes load a bunch of different fireworks up into a shoebox and leave the wick of one of them sticking out of the box and we'd light it and run away and just you watch them so stupid all go <laughs> off at guys. once yeah would not recommend it would <laughs> not advise it i think when i was in high school i my, like obviously most of my friends liked fireworks and everything like that and you know so we'd be hanging out and i was always the person that was like no i don't need to light them i'm fine just watching <laughs> yeah I'll just go inside and watch a movie. <laughs> I can still remember the I've first time. I think I burned a hole in my shirt one time, and that really just turned me off from the experience. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. I had so many close calls, even, like, <laughs> later into life than I should have. Um, 
like my friends and a couple of years ago me and a buddy had a roman candle fight you know like but i can remember specifically there's a video somewhere on an ipod touch that can't turn on anymore of me and my friends lighting mortar shells and not knowing oh you're supposed to put them gosh. in a tube and just throwing them and hearing the first pop which is supposed to you know shoot it out of the tube and we start to say oh that's it and before we can even finish our disappointment it like blows up like a massive explosion right into my buddy's yard oh my gosh dude you guys are insanely lucky i'm like (laughs) next year i'm gonna have to like join the call and be like do you still have all your digits (laughs) this was a successful fourth hey as we already established i'm out of the firework game yeah that's true i just don't i've seen everything there is to see you know (laughs) i did enough fireworks from you know age 16 to 26 to last a lifetime there you go um all right should we get into it do you have anything else are we coming in hot with anything else not that i can think of let's uh let's let's do better than we did last week with all the other talk and let's let's give the people what they came here for get into some spider-man okay every business says they're better but the ones that earn and display the bbb seal back it up It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. And we're back. We're back. So... So here's the thing. I was scrolling because I've actually read so many other comics since the last time I read Ultimate Spider-Man. It wasn't front and center on my home screen like it normally is. Oh, did yeah. you did you go back and watch the watch? I told uh, Zach to I didn't tell you to, but we were talking about the Watchmen like opening scenes from that movie where they save the Waynes. Did you just end up pulling up a clip of that on YouTube and watching it? No, I didn't have a chance. Is it like when I, cause I think I know the scene you're talking about. Is it the montage where it's like seeing yeah. the times they are a change in yep. and it's yeah. showing the watchmen throughout the years. Yes. I will have to look for that. I don't know. In that Spider-Man comic where Spider-Man saves Bruce Wayne's parents. I don't know why they would put him in a Batman shirt. That's so frustrating to me. I know they think they're being funny and cute. We all yeah, get it. Right. It's a little on the nose. Yeah. For those of you who and don't it know. Makes I, it not possible. Just because they're like, when did this happen? It didn't in our series that we're covering. I <laughs> sent John a tweet that someone had like put panels from some Spider-Man issue in the 90s where Ben Riley saves basically the waynes from from getting mugged and killed and little bruce wayne even though he's not called that we know who it is he's wearing a shirt with the batman symbol already on it frustrating yeah but fun just like our podcast yes and segue i think that these are two pretty fun issues today yeah if I do say so myself, they they may have gotten some high ratings from me. 
Okay. Not to tease the ratings. Well, cool. I actually read so long ago, and I even read ahead in this series pretty far. I don't even remember which issues these are, so I'm about to. You read ahead that out. in our series? Yeah, because I have to. I have to plot our path. I got to figure out which oh issues are going to be what episodes. The work you do for this pod. I know. It's thankless. Listeners, leave a comment. Tell Zach how great he is. <laughs> tell him thank you. He just said it's thankless. Or if you hate our podcast, tell me what parking lot I can meet you in. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, issue 41 called The Letter, written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Art to Bear, colored by Transparency Digital, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos. And we get Geldof back in this one. Geldof. So we pick up where the last episode left off. Peter, Gwen, MJ, and Liz. You might are- say, Zach, that we pick up right where the last episode Geldof. <laughs> well done. Thanks. So Peter, Gwen, Mary Jane, and Liz are at a party where a mysterious long-haired guy has just started blowing up cars parked in the streets, and the partygoers are chanting his name, Geldof, Geldof, Geldof. And just then, several police cars pull up to the scene with their sirens on, and all the kids at the party begin to scatter. And Gwen starts freaking out and tells Peter multiple times that they have to get out of there. And most of the kids, including Peter and Gwen, run back through the house to jump over the back fence. And Peter sees Mary Jane on the ground. Don't don't you get some pretty good, like, running away from a... Now, Zach, we don't have to talk about this, but did this ever happen to you? Did you ever have to run away from a party that the cops showed up at? I didn't go to parties. (laughs) But I have run from the cops. There you go. Do you want to get into it? Uh, yeah, it sounds like I'm a hardened criminal. We were like no, ding dong. No, no, trust me, it does not. <laughs> we were ding dong ditching I and breaking curfew. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that was just that's just good old fun running from I, the security I, guards in the neighborhood. Uh, no, they were. I mean, it was a real cop. Oh, that's not fun. He laid my friend out. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, at least it wasn't worse. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we can't joke about that. In America, yeah. sometimes it is worse. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so the kids are all running away from the cops, and as John alluded to, it's like every movie scene where kids are scattering from parties. Um, And Peter sees Mary Jane on the ground by the fence, kind of getting trampled by all the people climbing it. And he helps her up and tells her the cops are there. And then he lifts Mary Jane over the fence while Gwen helps pull Liz over it. Okay. Our, what is Mary Jane's friend's name? Liz Allen, right? Yes. Okay. Were they supposed to be, like, kind of drinking? And and that's why they were, like, out back and, I don't know, kind of, like, what what even happened? What's going on? I mean it I mean it's definitely implied that there's underage drinking going on here. I don't know if any of the main characters were doing it. It would have happened off panel. Okay. I think they were just I think they were just hanging out in the backyard. I'm not okay. sure if they were okay. drinking. Okay. Phew. They, they might have been. Who knows? I I mean Marvel probably wouldn't show it if they were. Yeah. Um 
So Peter lifts Mary Jane over the fence while Gwen pulls Liz. Gwen pulls Liz by her belt buckle, and it's very funny because it's it just looks so haphazard. Like she doesn't really care how she gets over because she's dragging her belly across the yeah, top of the fence. Gwen is not a nice person. <laughs> well, and I also like the touch that in the previous panel, Gwen isn't even climbing the fence yet. Liz is. So it's like Liz was struggling with the fence for a really long time. And then Gwen got up there and just <laughs> pulled her. Um, so Gwen reaches her hand down for Peter and says, come on, come on, you can do it. Climb the wall. And Peter smiles for a second at the idea that climbing a fence would be a challenge to him. It's kind of like a yeah, inside that joke. Like with, she, that like she needs to help him up this fence. She really thinks like he the reason he hasn't gone yet is because he can't climb it or something. And he, he just gives the reader a look that it's like almost like breaking the fourth wall. It's like he knows and we know why that's funny. And once they're all over, the four of them run into the night with all the other fleeing teens. And eventually, do you think that, you think that this shot of them running across the street is like the the artist having fun with like the Abbey Road Beatles? I didn't until you started that question, and before you even got to Abbey Road, I was like, oh, I, I mean, it's kind of like Abbey Road. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. He's just having fun. Sort of. Maybe. Maybe. It's very subtle, if so. You think so? It looks so obvious. I, like, immediately thought that. The Okay, so the only reason I think you might be onto it, because they're running here. They're not walking. And we can't see the crosswalk. But Mary Jane isn't wearing shoes. And isn't that, like, the big thing? Oh, that is. Yep. That, like, Paul or Ringo or one of them isn't wearing shoes. And he's, like, third in line. Oh, look at that, Zach. You know, that's that's a really, really good pickup. I'm I'm sorry I missed that one. Let's let's see. I think it is third in line also. Abbey Road album. And then what one of them's in white. I know that. Like that's a big deal that like yep, the- it is it is the third one who doesn't have shoes. So so it's definitely supposed to, you know. Can you tell which beetle like that it. is, or do they all just look like it's, hippies? Uh, no, the one who doesn't have shoes is um, Paul. I think because, it's Paul. Because Paul's supposed to be dead. Yeah. And George is the undertaker, and John is the uh, like priest. <laughs> because we all know that Paul died, and he was replaced. Some people might know not might not know what we're talking about, and this we're getting too deep into the weeds about the Beatles. Okay. Let me wrap it up, and then we'll send it back over to you. Okay, there yeah. Was, if you can do there, this quickly, yeah, because I yep. couldn't. There was a... Well, it was just like a thing that Paul McCartney died like back in the 70s, and he was replaced by a lookalike. And Zach and I both believe that that happened. Okay, <laughs> back to you, Zach. <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so the kids end up at a bus stop with some other kids from the party and Gwen starts to explain to Liz what happened. And the two girls that are standing nearby jump in to say the long haired guy goes to their school and is named Geldof. And they tell them that Geldof is a foreign exchange student and they don't know if he's faking his powers or if he's a mutant. And Liz Allen says, you got a mutant at your school. 
And one of the girls says, so do you, honey. You just don't know it. Oh, I like that one. I like that touch, yeah. Which is obviously kind of a, a reference to, like, gay people, right? Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely. I didn't like really the, think of that, but yeah. I, like, the I, mute yeah. metaphor here is that, like, they're standing in for, like, gay people. Or, like, people yeah. in the closet. Yeah. Because it could be anyone. Um, and Gwen says, please don't. She has mutant hysteria or something. She'll, like, flip out. And Liz does flip out, and she says she had an uncle who was a mutant, he, <laughs> and he died. So Gwen, so do you think that's true, or do you think she's just like, no, my uncle was a mutant? She's said before that she has an, a mutant uncle when they've accused her of being, like, bigoted. She's like, uh-uh, my uncle's a mutant. This is oh, the first time we've heard that. he's dead. Oh, yeah. Poor Liz. Well. Maybe she's grown sympathetic to the mutant cause. I don't think so. I think she's making <laughs> up a story and it's getting wilder. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, Cause she's using it. She's not using it sincerely. She's using it to deflect the fact that she really does hate. Like, my uncle works at Nintendo. Can you get us a game? No, he died. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that. Um, And Gwen is just like, all right, okay. <laughs> and I really wish we could hear the tone that she says it with, because it could be funny in so many different ways. However, she pronounces all right, okay. <laughs> um, And Peter asks Mary Jane if she's okay, and she says, you asked me already, just cold. Doesn't give her his coat. Good stuff. I, I noticed that. <laughs> he is so bad with women. He's like wearing a jacket. She's like wearing a tank top. Or a crop top. Like a tube top, yeah. Yeah. It's genuinely, like, probably the least amount of clothing she's ever worn on her top in public. And they she's ob- cold. Bendis obviously wrote that line in just to be like, Peter's so bad with women because like, anybody would know to offer your coat in this situation. And he's already got it unzipped and everything. Like, it's it would be so easy to slide off. Yeah. Um, yep. It reminds me of my favorite scene from... Uh, that 70s show that my wife and I always reference where they're like standing out in the snow and Donna says, Eric, I'm cold. And he's like, Oh, here, let me give you my jacket. And then uh, Jackie looks at Kelso and is like, Michael, I'm cold. And he just yells, well, damn Jackie, I can't control the weather. (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) We say that all the time. And, I read this scene and I'm like, oh my God, he's Kelso right now. That is so, <laughs> that is so funny. Um, so Gwen mentions how bad it would be if she got arrested and the officers found out whose daughter she was. And she says, my dad would have died of embarrassment. You know, if Spider-Man didn't already kill him. And Mary Jane looks at Peter and they both look very sad. And then Liz says her dad is going to kill her when he finds out that she snuck out to a party. And MJ says, your dad, imagine if my dad found out we, A, snuck out, B, sees me dressed like this, C, the cops? (laughs) It's like a multiple choice. (laughs) Yeah. But really, all of the above. Yes, the answer should really be D, all of the above. 
Um, Peter asks her, why are you dressed like that? And Mary Jane tells him to stop it. So again, he's bad with women. And Peter says, I mean, you look, you, you know, you look, you look. (laughs) And Gwen mutters smooth under her breath and then spots the bus pulling up. And later on the bus, the kids are all spread out on their own benches. And Mary Jane motions for Peter to come sit next to her. And I I had to put this in my notes because I knew John would, you know, I, pretend I'm like gonna... this doesn't exist. No. Gwen smiles okay. as she sees Peter excitedly approach Mary Jane. Okay. That's, that's okay. weird. I thought she was conniving. Well, here's what I was about to say, Zach. I was going to say, I can almost guarantee Gwen went onto this bus first. Because, and then Peter did not sit next to her. He walked past her because he was probably like, well, I don't want to sit next to Gwen. I might be able to sit next to MJ here. So then Peter probably went in. Then MJ went in. Because I bet you if Peter went in first and sat down, Gwen would have gone and sat next to him. I mean, probably because they're going to the same place. I'm just like complaining to complain. (laughs) But then this scene would have never gotten to happen. Yes, Gwen Gwen does give a nice smile. They could have easily drawn her kind of scowling and they they very purposefully drew her kind of like happy that that Peter's going and sitting next to her. Yeah. Okay. So, not going to kick a man while he's down. I'm I'm moving on. So Mary Jane whispers that she thinks it's crazy that Peter is riding the bus with them when he could be when he could just put on his costume and be home in minutes. And Peter tells her that he actually lost his costume a few weeks ago. And he says, you know, I wasn't being mean before. The outfit is a shocker. You look amazing. And Mary Jane says, I got talked into it by Liz. She said I needed a new me. I know. So stupid. And she pulls a crumpled envelope from her purse. And later, once the four teens are off the bus... Mary Jane pulls Peter aside for a word and she gives him the envelope, but makes him promise not to open it until he gets home. And she weirdly like makes him promise like three times. Like it was, you know, Jesus asking Peter, not, you know, do you love me or something? Well, she knows that he's going to walk home with Gwen. She knows that I'm assuming the very first thing Gwen is going to say when they start walking away is open it. So she just doesn't, you know, she, she's like, you really can't. Please don't read this in front of Gwen. It just felt very dramatic to me. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess maybe she doesn't want Gwen to see it, but I don't know. It was weird that she asked like three different times. You're such a hater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I made this podcast because I can't stand Ultimate Spider-Man. Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> um, so Mary Jane walks home with Liz while Peter and Gwen head the other way back to their home. And Gwen asks what that was and tells Peter to open the note. And he says he'll do it at home. And Gwen says, whipped. It's, <laughs> it's okay. I already know what it says. And Peter says, no, you don't. And Gwen asks him, want to bet? I wonder if she does what do you think she assumes it says exactly what it ends up saying? I think she has a good idea, yeah. Yeah, probably. Um 
I mean, she understands women's psychology better than Peter does. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Once home, Peter reads the letter, and it's a confession of love that MJ wrote the night he came to her house in the rain. And he immediately runs to Mary Jane's house and jumps through her window. And he asks her if she meant it, and she tells him she's scared. And he says, I don't know what to say to make you not scared. And she asks him to promise her no one is ever going to toss her off anything high again. And he agrees. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, he can't. I don't know that he can keep that you promise. Yeah, he shouldn't have done that one. <laughs> That's going to cause problems in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he asks her to tell him things and not wait for him to read her mind. And she says, okay. Which I That's think such baloney. Yeah, yeah, that was very yeah. generous of him. Of her, sorry, that was very generous of her not to chew him out right there. Definitely, because their problems were not two sided. Like, not at all. MJ wasn't telling him, and he was getting her thrown off of bridges. Those those weren't the issues. Well, even the last time he tried to like confront her and be like. Well, how am I supposed to know? You never tell me. What am I supposed to do? Read your mind? She was yeah. like, you never asked. Yeah. And, like, really, that is part of a relationship is, like, sometimes checking in on the other person, you know? It's like, this might be a dating relationship. <laughs> a podcast? Yeah. Shoot! <laughs> Dang it. This might be a dating podcast. Yep. Happens once an episode, folks. Oh, darn it. Um... Yeah, but anyways, she she could have, you know, fired back and been like, what? But she didn't. She takes the high road, um, whether she should or not. She says, yeah, she's going to she promises she's going to tell him stuff, basically. So they agree to restart their relationship. And then make out. <laughs> um. The next day at school, Peter sees Geldof rules graffitied across a few lockers. And he thinks about going over to that other school to check on Geldof, but also thinks he wants to spend time with Mary Jane to really put effort into his relationship with her. And he also knows he has work after school, and he thinks about how bad he needs the money. And he thinks about, like, the SATs. Yeah, he's he's just he's just like like panicking. He's like, huh? Maybe I can pencil in the superhero stuff, you know, between this and that. Um, but just then, Mary Jane comes up and kisses him on the cheek, and they start to talk. Oh, and she has red hair again, so that's how we know it was a wig. Yep, the night before. Um, they start to talk, but are interrupted by Flash Thompson trying to talk to Peter again. And Flash is surprised to see Mary Jane with Peter and asks if the two of them are back together. And Mary Jane asks what's going on, and Peter says, Flash is trying to set me up for some kind of stupid jock prank. This is so... He's being... I I just can't stand it. Before reading this issue, I was still upset with Peter about, like, being mean to Flash when he was clearly coming up to him for something. And then him and Mary Jane both yelled at him. (laughs) Yeah, poor guy. Um, I know. Mary Jane starts to tell Flash to grow up, and Flash almost defends himself, 
before saying nothing and walking away. And MJ says, what's with him? He's such a moody little girl all of a sudden. And Peter says, I swear I do not care. And just then, Liz and Kong. Oh, so what is it, Zach? I'm like dying to know. It annoyed me that they didn't tell me again. I'm not even lying here. I don't remember. Oh my gosh. It's going to be new to both of us. Okay. And you said you've read ahead, so it's not even in the near future, is it? No. This is like a slow burn or something. Gosh. Hope it lives up to it. Yeah. Uh, Liz and Kong come over, and Liz tells Peter and MJ that she just heard from her cousin, who goes to that other school, that Geldof is blowing more stuff up in his parking lot. And Kong wants to go over and watch, but Liz says she's not going anywhere near there. Of course, because there's a filthy, stinking mutant over there. Yeah, there's also a guy blowing up cars in the school parking lot. Well, I don't think I'd be rushing over either. But the, well, that's the mutant, though. Like, even I, I think the implication is even if he was a safe mutant who like made flowers, she wouldn't go over there. Well, we'll never know because he's blowing up cars in the parking lot. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, Peter and MJ walk away and she tells him you have to go. And he says, I was going to check out that guy, but I wanted to spend time with you after clap and Mary Jane cuts him off and says again, but you got to go. And he tells her he doesn't have a costume and she hands him a backpack and tells him there's half a costume in there. And she says she was making a new one in her spare time. It still needs measurements, but she was going to come over after school to get them. And then Mary Jane stands lookout while Peter gets changed into it behind the school dumpster. And once he has the costume on, Peter looks like a little kid wearing adult clothes, but he knows he has to go anyway. That was a perfect like explanation for how he looks. Thank you. They're just way, way too big for him. And he's still wearing like his, regular civilian pants (laughs) but duty calls so he climbs up the wall and like starts to swing away and the issue ends very fun yep 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 john uh do you have a rating system for us um so i don't actually i have one for the next one but i actually don't on this one i have one out of 10 sizes too big for peter's costume (laughs) okay um well peter looks like a little kid trick-or-treating dressed as (laughs) spider-man so i would say uh his costume was nine out of ten sizes too big because i had a lot of fun with this one you know running away from the cops and we get some really cute mary jane and spider-man stuff uh i i thought it was a good one yeah I concur. I think it's a 9 out of 10. The only things that I don't like is how abruptly it feels like it ends. Like, I was I was expecting another page. Um, th- Just the way it ended with him crawling up a wall. It didn't feel like it. It was kind of building towards that. But yeah. obviously, you know, the story continues. It's, you know, a monthly ongoing book. And then 
I didn't care for how sexualized Mary Jane was. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> in some of them, yeah, Zach and I didn't even talk about it at all. But yeah, probably for the best. But it, you know, it's weird that in the scene where she's in her pajamas and they're making out in her in his bed in her bedroom, you it's weird that you can tell she's not wearing underwear. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I guess I didn't think of it like that, but I did think, oh man, there, like Peter's pulling her dress up awfully high there. <laughs> it's like, well, so, there's like a slit. There's a slit yeah. that like goes up, almost like you know, past her waist, and you can tell she's not wearing well, underwear. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think 160 issues, we're never going to like how they draw the 15 and 16 year olds because they're always sexualizing them too much. Yeah. I mean, it's not usually that bad. Is it? Okay. I, I feel like I'm... when you combine that with her party outfit, I think these two issues have been kind of unfortunate for yeah. Mary Jane's depiction. Well, I think I'm just, I feel like I'm a little, uh, like, desensitized to it desensitized yes that was the word i was looking for because that one comic that we both bought that you sent me there are like extra drawings and it's like really sexualized yeah yeah anyways i did like yeah all the (laughs) all the interpersonal stuff it was you know it was a fun issue yeah yeah and i thought that they had a bunch of like really good just like panels you know you mentioned peter like looking up at gwen's hand when she's like offering to help him over the fence and then another like good one is when gwen says that spider-man killed her dad and we just get the shot of mary jane and you know like that shot is what leads to her like wanting to talk to him on the bus i think because she was probably like Oh, he's he's not as close with Gwen as I've been making it out in my head. If like she's still saying stuff like that, you know, right next to him. Yeah. Well, and I I love staying on the bus scene. I love how there's like parts of this issue where you can analyze so many different ways of what's going on based on how Bagley draws things and like who so-and-so is standing by and what their body language says, like where the kids sit on the bus and how they sit on the bus. And the fact that you're right, Liz and Gwen were standing up and Peter and MJ were sitting down at the bus stop. So Gwen definitely sat down first. And then like, you know, the way that Liz was already trying to climb the fence, but then in the next panel, Gwen is already at the top of it and is helping Liz. Like, it just makes it so funny without being something that's like yeah. super obvious, you know? Yep. Yep. It was a good one. Some high school party fun. Good old teen hijinks. I knew you were going to like that one too. I was like, oh, this is going to be right up Zach's alley. It was. Um, and I know you like the next one. So do you want to get into that? Yes. Yes. So this next one is called Temptations. And it's Peter and Mary Jane making out on the, like, title page. Um, Not the title page, but the credits page. Okay, so this was the normal creative team. And Peter's climbing around a a wall, and he's thinking to himself, man, I'd really like to make out with my girlfriend. And But instead, he's swinging towards the cloud of smoke in the distance. You notice he doesn't have his shoes on. He's climbing in his socks. 
Oh yeah, he is. Because <laughs> I think he's he made some comment in the last one where he's like, people will recognize my shoes. Did he really? I think so. Yeah, that's funny. Um, he's he's thinking to himself like every time he goes to to fight someone that he doesn't know anything about, he always gets his butt kicked. So he's like, not only am I about to go get my butt kicked, but I'm also about to get torn a new one in the press because this half costume that Zach was talking about in the last one and how ridiculous he looks in it. And he's got no shoes on. So he just wants to go talk some sense into this guy and then go meet back up with Mary Jane and make out with her. So he swings up to a group of high schoolers and Geldof and he says, why aren't you kids hanging out at the mall like decent slackers, degenerate, delinquentish slacker degenerates? I knew you were going to like that line. <laughs> I think that that was pretty funny. Um, and the, t- <laughs> the teens in true teen fashion just immediately start roasting him about his costume. <laughs> Um, and Geldof doesn't even think it's the real Spider-Man and all of his friends are telling him to fight this fake Spider-Man and Peter's like I did not come here to fight you I'm just making sure that you didn't do anything stupid and while all of this has been happening that I've been talking about the principal has like come out and it has been like yelling at them expelling them and um Peter also says, you know, he's like, I'm not going to fight you. And there's no way I'm going to get into one of my trademark misunderstandings with the cops. And this is funny. Bendis is on one. (laughs) His, like, witty, funny battle banter is so on point right now. It's always pretty good. Yeah, It's so much better than the last episode where Peter was just mad about everything and everybody. It definitely was. Yeah. He slept well, it off since then. Yeah, he did. Well, he's he's back with Mary Jane. That's what he was talking. Yeah, he's like just psyched to be back together with Mary Jane. That's true. And um, make out with her. Yeah. Can't forget I, that. I, That's I pretty think, high on the priority list. I think that they should stay together because I like Peter being happy. But Zach thinks that they should be broken up because he likes Peter being mad. Spider-Man editorial team, if you're taking any applications. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Mary Jane. So... <laughs> exactly what you're looking for no don't say that okay so geldof asked peter peter's about to swing away because the cops have showed up and geldof asked peter to take him with him so he doesn't get arrested and peter says no obviously but as he's swinging away geldof grabs onto him and they kind of get up in the air and geldof falls and peter has to web him up and he swings him up to the roof and that's just hilarious. That's kind of, I think, the first time you get the hint that Geldof has not really thought through any of his decisions. He he is just like the most like um, I want this now, and I am not thinking of any consequences type of person ever. You know, he's not even like running from the cops because he's like scared or dangerous. He's just like, oh, dude, hey take me with you i'm gonna get in trouble if you leave me here so can you just like take me with you it's almost like he genuinely didn't think about the fact that the cops would come if he blew up a car yeah or like yesterday when they showed up yesterday at the in in their world yesterday at the party he's not a hero and he's not a villain but rather a third much dumber thing (laughs) 
I think I wrote somewhere later. I was I said he's doing a good impression of like Harry Osborne's God's perfect idiot type of character. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like Harry Osborne is oblivious enough to get powers and live the rest of his life without even noticing it. <laughs> yeah. This guy That'd got powers true. and knew it, but just has no self-control with using them. But he does have self-control using him. He's just, well, I'll, I'll get to it. Why he started blowing stuff up. So that's the very next thing. Spidey, so now they're on the roof and Spidey asked Geldof why he was blowing cars up. And he was like, well, you know, the party yesterday. And Peter's like, what party? <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. I don't, know any, I don't know about this party. Yeah, because he can't give away that he was there. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, there was this party. And I was a little bit hammered, and I was just kind of blowing some cars up for fun, just for giggles. Like, you you know, you know what I'm talking about, right, Spider-Man? <laughs> and, and it is pretty funny, because even in the mask, you're, you can tell exactly how Peter's looking at him. He's like, I cannot believe this guy. Um, and, yes, do you want to say something, Zach? He's like... He's like 15 years old, but realizes he has to be the dad friend in that situation. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and Geldof's like, and then the principal got a list of all the names that were there and he suspended the football team. So I had to blow up his car. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got mad and I blew up another teacher's car. And, and Peter's like, Okay, well, you you obviously see that you shouldn't be doing that, and Godoff is like, but you don't understand. I and he's doing it all in like a Russian accent. He's like, I love American sports, the way football makes me feel. I just had to for the guys on the team. And um, Peter is obviously like trying to talk some sense into him about how dumb that is. It's and a miracle that he hasn't blown up an opposing team yet. <laughs> it, it is. I actually, I actually want to read this. Peter's Peter like gives him some pretty good advice. Like Zach said, he's like taking on like a mentorship figure, like how we probably saw like Daredevil with him or Wolverine. You know, it's like the next generation of superheroes. Like Peter's training him, and he's like, "You, you've got amazing abilities, amazing." And the best thing you can think to do is blow up the principal's car, show off at parties, <laughs> and Geldof looking like Fabio or like Thor with his hair blowing <laughs> in the wind. He's like, it's windy up here, huh? It's windy. <laughs> he does look like Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter just like puts his hand on his face. And he's like, Lord, I miss Doc Ock. <laughs> and it's pretty funny. <laughs> And and Geldof is like, you go to this school, yes? And Peter's like, no, I'm an adult, man. I don't go to school. And Geldof's like, no, you go to this high school. Listen, buddy, I'm a 5'6", 150-pound adult <laughs> with a high voice. He's, and he's like, no, I know you go here. Take off your mask. And he's like, if you touch my mask, I'm going to drop you. And, and Geldof's just like, you go to our school. You do. And Peter just changes the subject and he's like, well, what kind of powers do you have? And, um, or does Geldof ask first or Geldof no. asks him, Gel Geldof asks and Peter's like, I have spider powers. 
And Geldof's like, I don't, if you want to, don't want to tell me, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, doesn't he see, he, go, he goes, I got bit by so, a spider. Or he goes, I have all of the proportional, I have the proportional strength, strength of, a of a spider. And Geldof goes, oh, uh, what? And he goes, I have uh, spider powers. <laughs> and then he asks Geldof what his powers are. And um, Geldof just says he can make things explode if he thinks about him. And Peter says he's probably a mutant. And Geldof gets pretty offended and kind of explodes at Peter. Mutants are the devil's children. You say that about me one more time and you will have the trouble. And he's saying everything in like, kind of funny like broken english it, uh, this is where we find out he's from latveria so kind of a russian accent but he's from latveria which comic book nerds will know is where dr doom is from and in this comic doesn't he run it in like most comics yeah he's the yeah leader. he's like the president of latveria i think yeah, yeah i don't know what his title is i know he's not a king and i sure know he's not elected but yeah um, so Peter kind of nerds out thinking out loud, trying to figure out what Geldof is doing, like from a molecular standpoint to the things <laughs> that he explodes and Geldof kind of calls him a nerd and asks him how he got his powers. And Peter meekishly says, I got bit by a spider. And this is where I, and Geldof like looks at him and went like, he's crazy. And this is where I said, he reminds me of Harry Osborne <laughs> just cause he's so like, like he's just like a have you heard the term himbo yes that's kind of what it what he comes across as this is where he says fine then don't tell me yeah <laughs> it's funny and peter explains to geldof that he needs to be using his powers more responsibly and geldof agrees that things got out of hand today he got caught up in the moment and then we get a really great speech some good character development from Geldof. And he says, no one even paid attentions to me until I got my thing. Right. I was the dorky foreign guy. I was who they make the joking. Right. Then I show the team. I show them what I do. Everybody now loves me. Now I get to go to the party. I meet the girls. Sure. Some people, they scared of me, but I like that too. Good to have someone scared. Maybe I blow you up and be famous for girls. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny the last line there just took it home <laughs> Peter says he thought he listens to all that that insane speech about <laughs> just wanting girls and blowing people up for him and Peter's like okay well instead of that how about this with great power there must also come great responsibility and Peter just tells him to go and help people. And if he wants people to like him, then just like do something of value. And just then a bodega maybe, or like a, a small bank or I thought it, it was says a bodega. check cashing. Oh, okay. It, it gets robbed, but some, the th some men burst in and say, and say rob stuff, robbery stuff, get on now, the ground or something like that. I noticed this. It doesn't look like the name of the check cashing place or where it says check cashing on the window was penciled. So I think Art Chabert oh inserted himself in there because it's called to bear checks. Well, that's incredible. That is really and truly the stuff you're only going to get at this podcast. Great find Zach. Um, wow. I just love that art to bear having some fun. Love um, it. 
We love and to see the homies thrive. We we do. And I, what is up with like the? This is the most convenient city to be a superhero in because the second he needed like a small time thing to happen where where Geldof could come and help and get his superhero feet wet. Someone is robbing the check cashing store, not like three stories below Spider-Man. Yeah, it's pretty How convenient. unlucky are those guys? Dude, New York is apparently just lawless. What did we talk about like on the last issue that New York is just like four streets? And they oh. must just be constantly getting robbed. Yeah, we in- did decide that Marvel Marvel Universe uh New York has to be super small. Yeah. So it it it's a little convenient, but you know these guys don't even live in New York. Like if you're like a petty criminal in like Virginia, you have to road trip up to New York because that's where all the crime is. And this is actually Zach. Oh, now we can put some backstory to these criminals' actions. They were probably like, "Well, Spider Man's not going to be able to bust us if we do this cash checking place because he is always busting criminals near that other high school." And we're going to rob something near this high school, and surely he won't be Slightly down the road. It's like the second closest high school. Yeah. Um, So Peter sees that this is getting robbed, and he's like, stay here and watch. Okay? And Geldof's like, no, I'll come with you. And Peter's like, no, just watch. And he leaps into action, and... The the place is getting robbed by people in superhero masks, very reminiscent of the Homecoming movie where they're robbing the like ATM bank place after hours in the in the masks. Do you know what I'm talking about, Zach? Yes, I was waiting for him to say, "Hey, you guys aren't those guys." guys. I know. Oh, but I I wanted, like, oh, he hasn't really met them yet, but I, he still could have said it. He would know. He would know yeah. from TV and stuff. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for that line to come also. Yeah. I was upset and didn't. Because he is just standing there by the door also with his arms crossed. And I was just certain he was going to be like, you guys aren't the Avengers or the so, Ultimates. So the lead we're burying is that these petty criminals have like Halloween masks of Iron Man and Captain America. And then also this and other Batman. guy. Yeah. Who? Who? Um, it's from a Batman comic in the Marvel universe. They have Batman comics, and we know that because that one kid had a Batman emblem on his shirt. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's the comic <laughs> character Batman, as opposed yeah. to the real people, Captain America and Iron Man. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's good fun too. That is I don't fun. know why they'd put Batman there. And this lady that's on the ground, like one of the patrons that was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, has a Pink Panther on her shirt. <laughs> Don't know why that had to be there, but that's fun. <laughs> so Peter jumps in and um, Peter tells him to drop the guns and the money and take off those lame masks. And he just quickly dispatches one of the guys who like shoots at him and misses. And the other two robbers just immediately give up. And Peter's like, that's the kind of thing I, or he goes, that's the kind of thug I like, the kind that knows when the gig is. And just when he is finishing his thought, a car is exploded in the background <laughs> and Peter goes flying. And I thought he, I thought Geldof exploded like the bodega. 
But then in like the next page, you find out he exploded a car in front of the bodega. And I do love that he can like theoretically explode anything, but he just only chooses cars to do it. I like it the way it looks when the uh, tires and glass blow out. That is a phenomenal Italian accent. I would have blown up a something else with the tires and the glass, but I can't find a nothing. <laughs> Definitely how Latverians sound. That's not Italian. Yes. That's it Latverian. I've only read it on the page. So I know. That, that's the beauty. <laughs> um, so... Peter goes back to the building. Thankfully, the people in the building are alive. Peter checks on the woman who we think is probably pregnant. And he's like, oh, thank God she's alive. And he swings back up to the building and uh, slaps the out of Geldof. <laughs> I was going to describe. Get... If you didn't say it, I was going to describe it. There was it only as one way to you. describe what happened back. And I know we don't want to curse, but. No, it's, I mean, it's a backhand fully extended that knocks him on his ass. Yeah. And Peter is dragging Geldof off the roof by his arms like his dad. And he's like, you're going back to school. You can deal with the principal and the cops. And Geldof loses it and kind of threads him. And he's like, you know, I could blow up your inside of your head. I've never tried it before. And Peter kind of drops his arm, looks pretty scared. And then from behind them, we see both of them turn and look at something behind them. And they say, uh, if you wouldn't mind holding off on that for two minutes. And here's what I thought when I read that, Zach. I thought, oh my gosh, is this Professor X coming? I was like, this is, this has got to be someone from the X-Men. Um, and I was like, oh, this is not what Professor X would say, though. It kind of bums me out. I don't think Professor X would say, oh, if you wouldn't mind holding off on that for two minutes. And then I thought, oh, it could be Wolverine. He talked earlier in this issue about how cool Wolverine is. And I was like, that'd be awesome. But who is it? It's three sexy X ladies who show up. And they say, we're the X-Men, the cute ones, as seen on TV. And Spider says, told you you were a mutant. Spider-Man says, told you you were a mutant. And then we do the... the who the, are these? Who are the X ladies? Uh, do you want to guess? Do um, you, okay. as sure, not an X-Men X reader, want to guess who these are? Sure, I'll guess. Obviously, the one is Storm with white hair. Yeah. Um, I am going to say the one with red hair, I'll just guess is Jean Grey. Yep. Although I... Oh, is it? And they gave her a pixie cut in the Ultimate Universe because those were like, you know, it was the early 2000s. And I don't I don't think that one is Rogue or Jubilee. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb and say Negasonic Teenage Warhead. My God, no, she (laughs) barely exists in the comics. Um, I don't think there's an ultimate one. No. That is Kitty Pride. I forgot about her. I probably would have guessed her if <sighs> I remembered her. You heathen. She is my favorite comic book character ever. Why? What can she do? She she she's the one that like sets off there's a future past, right? Cuz she can go back in her body yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, she actually is. Um she her like mind from like whatever 2012, but now it's like forward in the future or whatever. Her mind goes back to the past and tells them like yeah bad, bad things are coming 
And in the um, movie, th- she sends Wolverine back. But in the comic book, she is the one that goes back. She is right? the one who goes back. That's not her power, yeah. though. Someone sent her. Rachel Summers had to send her consciousness. Usually, she can just phase through solid objects. And she can also kind of walk on air. And oh, when yeah, she f- I remember the juggernaut scene of and when chasing she, her. <laughs> yes, and when she phases through objects that are like electronic, she like fries the circuits. Oh, okay, cool. Well, they're 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 pretty sexy ladies, Zach. The cute ones, as Kitty the cute says. Ones. Yep. Um, and that's the end of the issue. Yeah, I don't even like the X Men in the Ultimate Universe, but this got me pumped up. I got me pumped up too. I would have liked to have seen Professor Xavier. Uh, I I I knew that we were going to get a shot of some X Men. And I I was really hoping it would be so, but I, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I was thinking about this and I'm glad I remembered. I think that these people were sent on purpose because Geldof mentioned multiple times that he just wants like girls. Yeah. And professor Xavier for sure. Just like read that with Cerebro or something and was like, send the, send the girl X-Men. <laughs> He won't blow up the brains of the cute ones. Yeah, exactly. Like if if like Wolverine shows up and he's like, "Bub, you're a mutant." He's gonna try to fight him. Yeah, I think he might be onto something. It's he also sent Gene, who's a telepath, and I think that's a very easy way to like pacify someone who's you know maybe yeah. a loose cannon. Is she can just put yeah. him to sleep? Yeah. What did you think, dude? I liked this. I liked it a lot. Um, I, I've actually been looking forward to like these string of issues we're about to get to. They're, they're good like, ones. At what point does he meet the X-Men on that roof? And then like kind of, you know, we get some X-Men stuff. And yeah. I knew we were coming up to it. Are we going to get some X-Men stuff? So we follow the X-Men. We don't just leave Geldof with them and follow Peter. We get we're, to. We're going to see some more of the X-Men. Oh, nice. Okay. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I'm excited. Uh, um, rating? I gave this one a... I, I, same thing that you just said. I, th- I thought it was a good one. Geldof plays a great idiot. Peter plays a good mentor. Three out of three sexy ladies. Um, okay. Man, <laughs> I'm going to give it like 2.5 out of three sexy okay. ladies. I don't know what that converts to, but I just, I don't think it's like a, you know, a perfect issue. I don't think it's I as mean, strong it's, as the it's, first it's, one. Yeah, it's, it's not. I guess my rating scale was more for fun. Something out of three is not a very good thing to rate something out of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, my favorite part was the battle banter it was just on point. And I think it's yeah. partially because, Peter's in a good mood, but I also think it's because he knows he's not fighting like the Green Goblin or Dr. Octopus or something. He knows he can kind of, you know, let the jokes fly a little bit more because he's just dealing with like another high schooler. I also think, you know, right at the beginning of the issue, he's like, man, I I don't want to fight this guy. I just want to go make out with Mary Jane. Like, this would be awesome if I can just like talk this guy down and like go meet up with Mary Jane. And that is so close to exactly what happens, like, two different times. The police have him, and then he he ends up swinging away with Spider-Man. And then 
he also like talks him into being responsible and then the cash checking place gets robbed like right after that like he was so close to just like having a good day at work and then even when the cash checking place gets robbed he's got it handled yeah, so actually, easily yeah and then Gildoff blows up the car and makes everything worse oh my gosh yeah so you're right there was like so many missed opportunities for it just to go smoothly yeah but that's too much to ask if you're peter parker well this is maybe that's like Peter Parker is now becoming the Daredevil, and Geldof is becoming the guy that just messes it up when Daredevil's got everything situated. And then Spider-Man shows up and just screws everything up. That's a good reference. Listeners, go back to episode 7 if you missed that. <laughs> That's amazing that you can just pull that out. Without... I, re- I really liked that episode. Oh, really? I, it's one of the few that I've listened to again. Yeah, just those, were, those were the best team-up ones we, we did, weren't they? Yeah. Okay, so where were we? We had given our rating and we were talking about the issue. I think we might be done talking about it. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I just had one other question. Um, okay. John... So we said the issue is titled Temptations. I'm wondering, do you think that is a reference to like Peter being tempted to like not go deal with the problem and stay back and make out with Mary Jane? Or is it about Geldof being tempted to like impress the cool kids and the girls? Um. It's interesting that you asked this because I I always think of what the what the title is like referencing, which I know sometimes you don't really look at the 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 title. I need to start think, though because I think you're right I think to it's do that. Both. I think it's both because it's definitely about Peter and Mary Jane and and like that temptation, like whatever. But then. I think the like deeper cut is it's actually about Geldof and his temptation of like using his powers and everything like that to impress people. Well said. I think I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, did you have anything else about the issues? I don't have anything else about the issues. Okay, cool. So next week we will be in ultimate Spider-Man issues 43 and 44. With the X-Men. Gonna get some more X-Men stuff. Nice. Do you have anything else fun that we can talk to the listeners about before we sign off? I don't. I know this is like how the sausage gets made, but you and I actually are talking, you know, about three or four days mm-hmm. after the last time we recorded. We're we're trying to get ahead so that we still have like a buffer week. So, you know, whatever was going on in my life the last time we talked has just kind of still been the norm. Yeah. Yep. So I thought of something that we can both not talk about again. So we haven't ever mentioned The Flash. This is a pretty big movie. Oh. Do you just not care about it at all? Have you actually seen it? (laughs) No, I don't care about it at all. Oh, yeah. No, me either. (laughs) Oh, that's great couple of comic book nerds over here well i've been very open that i don't care about dc but also you know when you have ezra miller as your lead after everything that's happened i just really am not and i haven't even seen the michael keaton batman movies to even pretend like i'm nostalgic about that you know yeah i'm sure it was fun for him to be batman again and to that i say good for you 
But and I'm sure he got the bag. Oh, yeah. Good for you, Michael Keaton. You go, yeah. Mr. Vulture. But other than that, like, I have nothing that would even make me want to see it. Well put. <laughs> I'm pretty similar. I just uh, don't care about it at all and don't care about anyone that's in it. And I especially don't care about Ezra Miller. And from what I heard, the the whole movie is not only him in it, but it's him in it twice. And one of them is even more annoying than the other one. So it's just, um, and it seems like every nostalgia thing I saw, just, I was just like cringing at, I was like, this is so goofy. They're not even trying to make a movie anymore. They're just like, I don't know. It's just fan service. Yeah. Yes. This, this is like Spider-Man no way home, but you don't even have this, the resemblance of a movie that was thought out. It's just like the idea of that, you know, at least I shouldn't say that because I've never seen the movie, but that's what it seemed like. Welcome to John and Zach review things we haven't seen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Should we get in the, let's let's start doing that with these issues. I'll just breeze through the pages really quick and flip over. Like, I didn't like this one. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, I will say on the note of things that we haven't seen, um, I have been kind of going back through, you know, classic movies that on paper I should like or that people have told me I would like, you know, and they're the ones that you need to see that I just had never gotten around to. So my wife and my dad and I recently watched Terminator, Terminator 2, and then last night was The Matrix. Ooh, I've never seen Terminator, any of the Terminators. Um, Were they good? My dad kept talking about how the first one was like so cutting edge visually when it came out and no one had ever seen anything like this. (laughs) And it just it was fun, but like in a like low budget 80s slasher film kind of way of fun, not like Mm a big sci fi romp fun. And so was I was James making, Cameron, I think it was James it? Cameron. That was like his big, yeah. you know, break, I yeah. think. But it, my dad was getting mad that I was like saying it, it didn't look good. And he's like, well, you're comparing <laughs> it to movies that are out today. And I'm like, no, I'm comparing it to like the Star Wars movies that came out a few years earlier. And it looks worse than yeah. those. I wonder what the budget was. It wasn't a lot. Terminator compared um, to that. But then Terminator 2. I mean that looks like a like a real action movie. That actually looks it? Uh, it actually does look ahead of its time, I'd say. Well, the Star Wars budget was 11 million and that was in when did Star Wars come out? Like 77 if you're looking at okay. the first one. And Terminator came out in 84 and its budget was like 6 million. So you know, like half the money for the same. They, they probably did budget. did good for its time. Or, They're trying their best out there. I said half the money for the same budget, like half the money with probably the same technology. Yeah, but he yeah. was talking it up like, "Oh, this is going to blow your minds. This blew people's <laughs> minds back in the '80s." And I'm like, "No, you know, I think in the '80s, even without seeing movies of today, I would know that that's fake." That's that's so <laughs> that's so funny. Like taking that to the next extreme, 
and it's like your grandmother who's like insanely old shows you like the first color movie that ever came out she's like this is gonna blow your mind people their pants back in the day when they saw this your grandpappy tried to walk through the screen he thought it was real (laughs) it's like the grainiest thing you've ever seen you can't even make out faces yeah but no um all of them were good movies i enjoyed oh, yeah, them. Well, the matrix i i really like i i've seen that one that one you liked he kept talking it up he was like now this is really deep and it's really convoluted so you have to pay attention and i'm like they're in a computer program before the movie even started i was like i i'm aware of what it is he's oh but there's more than just that going on and then it ended and he's like did you understand that movie and i'm like yeah i got that all that's the thing about like um boomers that we like grew up with all of this like ai stuff and computer stuff and everything and you know they don't understand any of it i could see my dad watching that movie and being like i don't know what just happened i have no idea i'm surprised it's a movie my dad had watched because i think for him you know history stopped sometime in like the 80s like like if i showed him nirvana he would think it's like modern contemporary music. He would have no idea <laughs> that it's like 30 years old. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, I mean, the the thing he doesn't realize is the Matrix has been like spoofed yeah, and referenced and re- spoiled for decades yeah. now. Like I grew up with the Matrix without having ever seen the Matrix, you know? Yeah, you probably knew exactly what was going to happen the whole time Uh, kind of yeah Yeah. but it was good i still enjoyed it nice do you guys have other movies on the list the next Um, matrixes definitely the he said the second one's good he said the others aren't as good i don't know i might do my own research on that see if i want to see the other ones that's that's your, your your dad seems like he's pretty on the ball with movie stuff that's how they're generally reviewed is like the second's not as good as the first but it's still good and then the third is not really as good as the other two but i still think that they're all worth watching and the fourth one that just came out i thought it was a lot of fun but it didn't get very good reviews but you know you have to like watch it for what it is like it came out i think at the exact time that like no way home came out so there's similar movies in that like i think they're very like nostalgia based you know maybe I don't know. I'm a no. I I don't want to always talk about how I like don't. I think No Way Home was a good movie, but you know, you can have fun with it more than it's like a good movie, if that makes sense. And I think that's how the fourth Matrix kind of is. Like it's just fun seeing everyone again. We need to create like a terminology to differentiate between the movies that are made that are like big budget franchises that are super fun and appealing to the fans of it, but like aren't going to get you know critical reviews that are that great and then like what we think of as like a traditional original standalone movie you know yeah which i mean those are fewer and farther between these days anyways but i feel like you know people who are like film critics can't grade them on the same on the same premise you know because they're they're trying to be two very different things and that's just going to be the reality moving forward yeah well, maybe we can come up with that grading scale. Yes. Listeners, if you have an idea for a grading scale, leave it in the comments. We're the next, uh, what is it? 
Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. But what was the other? Siskel and Ebert, right? (laughs) I have no idea. I didn't know Ebert had a partner. He, dude, he had a partner for like the longest time. It was like a big deal when his partner died and he did like solo stuff. Zach, Zach, Zach. You're thinking of Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, God, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wait, who died? Siskel or Ebert? Siskel. Oh, man. Because we know who Ebert is on his like own. That. What? You didn't have to bring my mood down. I'm sorry. Int- introduced me to this character and then killed him off <laughs> all in like 30 seconds. Can we get a backstory <laughs> movie for him? Can the, we world, get a, the world. Yeah, please. Can we get a Cisco prequel trilogy? <laughs> yeah. I feel like he was taken from me. <laughs> uh, anyways, you want to send us out? Um, I will send us out. Okay. Um, thank you so much to Ian Hickey for our music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And thank you for all of our listeners um, for leaving us a review and a comment and just listening in general. You can find us the first read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And you can come chat with us on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us, send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube at Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. Got anything, Zach? All right. See you next week, webheads. <laughs> <laughs>